Okay, we've got jobless numbers, which for the most part coming in line with expectations, 232,000. They were looking for 248. That prior number got revised to 237. That was a, uh, a slight lower revision from 243. So again, for the most part in line with that trend we've been seeing. Let's bring in Dan Deming. He's the managing director of KKM Financial. He's joining us this morning to have a look at those numbers. Dan, good morning to you. I'm noticing morning, here, uh, first and foremost, Thanks for sharing your Thursday with us uh, to break it down. Uh, let's just begin with initial jobless claims coming in basically in line with expectations, still suggesting that labor conditions here in the U.S. are still very strong and that uh, these rate hikes that we've seen have yet to really uh, derail some of that momentum or strength we've seen there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that last week was looks like it was revised lower as well, and uh, this number coming in lower than expected. Uh, so, yeah, the trend is kind of uh, going back towards uh, – you know, continuation of uh, increasing labor activity. And, you know, I guess uh, as we, you and I talk about uh, on every Thursday, it seems like, you know, this uh, these these data points on a weekly basis are appear to be strong enough to m allow the Fed to continue to maintain a pretty aggressive uh, stance. And uh, it's interesting to see how the market's digesting this. I mean, we did have some other data points as well that might have counteracted some of the uh, strength in the weekly numbers, Ben. But uh, overall, you'd have to say that this trend uh, is a positive trend from a long-term perspective. But uh, when you look at the market, the way the market interprets it, it's you know good news is bad news kind of right now, as the in the sense that it keeps the Fed uh, certainly uh, committed to their directive to try to bring down inflation. Dan, I'd have to agree, a positive in many ways, and especially when you consider some of the layoffs we've been hearing about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially as you mentioned, Ben, with the, some of the, the you know, one-off layoffs, you know, is that something that's going to become a trend? And apparently at this point, it hasn't been recognized yeah. as such in the in the weekly numbers. But, you know, we'll uh, we'll get more clarity tomorrow, I suppose, when we get the monthly numbers. Speaking of the trend, and you pointed out there were some other numbers here that just came across the wire as well. We've got non-farm productivity declining again, down 4.1%, while unit labor costs uh, in line with the trend we've been seeing, they're up 10.2%. Yeah, yeah, I mean, both numbers look like they were slightly better than anticipated in the sense that we did see unit labor costs come in below expectations as well as the productivity number was less negative, uh, but still nothing that was uh, too outside of probably uh, creating too, uh, a significant reaction. Mm -hmm. uh, but you would think that both those numbers uh, would be viewed as a positive in the sense that uh, you know anything that's lower than the expectations when it comes to cost of labor, I would think would be viewed as a positive. But I think the, the general trends in the labor market uh, as a whole, when we see these weekly numbers, Ben, are such that uh, it, it definitely causes a lot of market participants to view the fact that um, this uh, this kind of these kind of data points allow the Fed to maintain a pretty strong uh, uh, stance on you know price stability. I'm looking at CAD building permits, which hit the wire as well at the bottom of the hour. Those came in down 6.6%. They were looking for a slight decline there, about a half a percent. Dan, talk to us about this broader market sell-off that we've seen off the August highs right now. Seems like things got a little bit overdone to the upside, maybe. Uh, and, well, you've got uh, headlines, again, starting to come across the wire. Basically, sentiment is waning uh, a bit, it seems like, uh, amidst, well, some of these hawkish uh, comments from Fed speakers and now some of these COVID concerns. And then, obviously, the focus on tech as far as some of those curbs on exports. 
Yeah, no question about it, Ben. You know, I think that um, we it felt like we did get overdone on the top end, but um, you know, the selling pressure. I guess I anticipated it to come off, but not like to this level. At again, just the, the volatility of some of these moves that we're realizing throughout this year are pretty substantial, and. You know, now this thing is certainly pushing into levels that I think a lot of market participants didn't feel that was going to happen. I thought, you know, there'd be, you'd find some stability prior to this. Uh, yesterday, I thought it was a real head scratcher where, you know, it's, I got the sense that the market was at least going to take a break. And then the last 15 minutes, we saw, you know, significant selling pressure. It looks like we're going to realize more to this morning, at least the way it's setting up. And we're breaking through, again, some key levels now. You know, we're now we're breaking through the 50-day moving average on the downside um, when you look at the S&P. And, you know, certainly I think a lot of market players thought that 4,100, and then now the 4,000 level where the 200-day moving or the 50-day moving average comes in would be places where we'd find some stability, but not to this point. Let's just pull this chart real quick to Dan's point and a visual uh, along those lines. You can see the ES taking out the 50-day moving average, and I just want to pull up a look at all four of the majors here. Now the ES in the top left corner, you can see the Russell actually uh, the last of the four majors to give uh, way and take out that key level. But as Dan just pointed out, we are below the 50 here in all four. Uh, the ES NASDAQ Dow Russell. Dan, I mean, uh, now that I think of it and, and probably, uh, well, here you can see the dollar, it's benefited from this. Sure, yeah, and you know, that's it, it, it continues to be, you know, the inverse relationship there, Ben, and uh, the dollar is now pushing back up towards those highs. You know, we did see a Monday high of what, 109 spot 45, and we're at 109 spot two right now as we continue to see, um, you know, upside momentum in the dollar. And some of it, it has to do with this destabilization, I think, of the equity markets, but also just the general trends. And, you know, when we get a strong labor number like we did this morning uh, from a weekly standpoint, you know, that's again, uh, keeping rates elevated. We're looking at the short end of the curve, continuing to go to the highest level in 15 years. And now the back end of the curve is starting to move higher as well. So if those uh, interest rates, I, you know, I got, you've got to think that they walk hand in hand to some degree with the dollar as far as uh, at least, uh, you know, creating a foundation for the dollar to continue to realize upside. So I guess the real interesting thing here the next few days will be if we take out that 109 spot 45 in the dollar and we're just knocking on the door to this morning. Dan, talk to me about a best-case scenario in terms of tomorrow's data. Obviously, the weekly numbers uh, the focus here this morning, but they seem to get a little bit overshadowed by the uh, bigger-picture monthly numbers. Right. Uh, and what should we be looking for tomorrow? And talk a little bit about market implications as well. Okay, sure. I mean, you know, the ADP number came in well below expectations, so sometimes that has a tendency to get the market leaning one way or the other. Uh, but to uh, the detriment of, I think, of people who interpret that as being uh, an indicator of what's going to come out tomorrow, we've seen that uh, in, you know, decoupling of those data points uh, many, many times over the last several years. So I think, you know, Ben, I, th I think that we're going to see a reasonably decent number. Uh, I just, I don't know if, you know, I guess if we see a very strong number, I guess, how's the market going to react? I guess initially it's going to be fearful of the fact that the Fed will continue to be very hawkish. Mm -hmm. If it's a weak number, initially we'll probably see a positive reaction. But is that going to be something that's going to be viewed as a long-term positive? I would say no. So, um, you know, I guess meeting, uh, coming in right around the expectations, uh, hopefully will be where it will fall, and then the, it will be up to the market to decide at that point 
you know, are we, is the selling pressure a little overdone to the downside now, or is it just something that uh, is going to continue to unfold given some of the metrics that we're seeing in the market, and particularly as you and Michael pointed out, you know, some of the, uh, the challenges right now from a global perspective? Kind of reminds me of the uh, three bears, not too hot, not too cold. Kind of You're right. I mean, ultimately. I guess, you know, ultimately, if we come in and within those expected numbers, you know, uh, that would probably be the best case scenario, at least to give the, the, you know, the market the ability to maybe find some stability. But anything one way or the other could continue to uh, uh, feed this downside momentum. Okay. Dan, appreciate you joining us here. You've given us uh, quite a bit to keep an eye on here this morning. Dan Downing, sure. the Managing Director at KKM Financial. Pleasure to have you with us.